Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Reno's in. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. You heard it. Damon, Cofield, and JVT here on a Thursday. We cut out at 5 o'clock for the national broadcast of Thursday Night Football. Buccaneers getting 10 now against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk to uh, NFL insider and former Oakland Raider. Stanford route, and then uh, all the leans and likes we can handle. I can handle a lot. Uh, Brad Powers towards the end of the hour. And uh, as I said, Thursday night football coming up in now less than an hour as uh, Tom McCarthy and Devin McCourty are on the game. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. We love betting on the show, but we respect betting on the show. And if we bet something, the payoff is there. Right? Mm -hmm. There is no Welshing on a bet on this show. Correct. So if you want to go on the air and say something outlandish, I'm going to walk from here to Timbuktu, you're going to walk. That's going to happen. Radio Icon... And emerging TV star, Mad Dog Russo. Consumer of edibles. Did what early in the week? On his show on Mad Dog Sports Radio, declared, if the Arizona Diamondbacks go into Philly and take two, I'll retire on the spot. Did you believe it? No. The smallest part of me did believe it because he is 64 years old, and I was like, he may not fully retire, but he may have already been thinking about bailing on radio. There. And that's, he would just get out, and he's done, and uh, it's and convenient for him. Right. So, I did think that. Like, if the retire on the spot would be like, oh, guess what? I'm not doing first take anymore. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, I'm retiring from TV. You know, uh, what's the, what's the, what does he do with Lana Rizzo? High heat. I'm not doing high heat where I just sit in my room and stare at a camera for 30 minutes on this weird baseball show. Like, Mine's I weird. thought there was going to be a loophole. It's a really boring show. I've watched it. Really? Yeah, it's kind of Alana boring. Rizzo blew up last week. Well, yeah, because Alana Rizzo makes some weird encoded comments all the time. She made one about Otani a few months back, too. She's very she's very odd about policing the clubhouse. That's right. Well, it wasn't policing, actually. You can make the argument. She was policing it pretty well early in her career. Um, when you look at it from the perspective of welching on the bet, yeah. I'm not too surprised. Why? Because this is like this is what he, this is what all these New York guys do. It's all talk tough. But then when you get called on the carpet or when you get faced with the athlete that you're screaming about all the time, it's, oh, oh, nope, nothing. So now he's going to wear a bikini and, like, hold up a sign or whatever. So, like, on Monday, DeMond, when you show up in your car, instead of uh, a, a pizza and a big Red Bull, I'm going to get you a hot pocket and a black a, a cup of black coffee. There you go. What Sorry, you- didn't think you'd actually get it, DeMond. I would be really disappointed. Right. <laughs> Because it's welching on a bet. And don't. How can you take him seriously as a radio host anymore? If he's ever going to criticize anybody. You! You're not a man of your word. You're a liar. This is what you're going to be known as for the rest of your life. I'm very angry. I can tell. Let it out. Big, tough New York guy. Huh? I got nothing. I knew it. It's all bark, no bite. Let it out. Number three. Number three. DeMond sent over some kind of thing with uh, my guy, my brother, 
Lonzo Ball. I don't know what's happening here. It's uh, audio-wise, you're just going to hear voices. But when we explain what it is, I, I'm creeped out. When I first knew I could make the NBA, it was like seventh grade. But um, I would say the turning point was probably my junior year. When I first knew I could make the NBA, it was like seventh grade. But um, I would say the turning point was probably my junior year. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and get your personalized custom video from me. I wouldn't wait any longer if I was you. Okay, so Lonzo Ball doing an endorsement there, and sounds good. No, okay, I can't. So I knew what this was. What is it? So I knew what this was. The first voice you hear is actual Lonzo Ball. The second is, I assume, some sort of AI-generated Lonzo Ball. And maybe it's because we're listening with like headphones, so you can hear a lot more with the headphones like this and the quality that we're yeah. listening to. That sounded really fake. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? When I watched it, I thought it sounded pretty close. I think so. I think the visuals help, right? So yeah. when you're looking at the AI-generated thing, it looks pretty smooth. It kind of probably helps you, like your brain, trick you into thinking that it's Lonzo Ball. But just listening to that, that sounded really robotic. We're not there yet. Technology letting me down. But Steve, if I can afford the actual Lonzo cameo, would this suffice? How much is a Lonzo cameo? <laughs> I would, he's on it. It would make me feel better about my brothers who have never met me and uh, maybe a chance to kind of connect with my second dad, LeVar. We interviewed him one time. We haven't had him on since. So. Oh, there's no way this is, yeah, temporarily unavailable. Actually... For twenty bucks, we can just get a message from Lonzo Ball. I don't this AI stuff. I don't know, man. You ever see the uh, the highlights that the Mountain West Conference puts out on football games? They'll do like a recap video, mm-hmm. and it's funny when I do the TV side, they'll pull that call, and I'm I'm watching, and my call is never finished. I'm not on play by play, but I'm I'm like I've been trying to sort of amp up like right after Matt Nevert's done making a big call I'm like I'm gonna come in with something strong and then I start to come up with something strong and they just cut it and I found out the other day those videos are AI generated they have a computer that somehow finds the plays that's why the CSU game had some really big plays to set up the field goal at the end it was just like the video of the recap of CSU and UNLV was just like field goal field goal field goal that was it that was it and then me screaming at the end as there's a kid for CSU on the ground crying and I was, like, basically mocking on Colorado State. Like, I didn't see the kid crying on the ground. I'm just in a zone. I got to go back. So and- I apologize. AI, it's their fault. Whatever that is, it's fault. Well, I don't know. I'm really disappointed in myself. You just reminded me. I heard everything you said, but I have something that I have to say. I figured you um, he lost all focus. I got to go right, back. wasn't that good anyway. I got to go back and pull the clip. Yeah. Steve committed the cardinal sin that he always complains about. It was the week that you were gone. I know. One of the Reno, one of the big touchdowns in Reno. Yep. Matt Navarrete's in the middle of a call, yep. and you just hear Steve go, "Oh!" <laughs> yeah, I told him, dude. I told him multiple times. I've been trying to work on it. I actually, when the call was done, I was like, "I am sorry." I keep saying, "Wow." Yeah, I don't know why wow. I can't stop doing it, but I'm going to stop doing it. Actually, I really, I think I did it in the Colorado State game. I really waited for him to finish the call before jumping in. <laughs> the second You're right, it is a car. I hate it. I hate when people do it. And then I find myself doing it, and it adds nothing to the broadcast. Someone grunting in the background does not help. But I get excited. I like I like football. This is a good one. Wow. That's it. Oh, wait, you added a lot there. Will you hear it on a radio show? I mean, I just did it to you a couple times. You've done it in mocking fashion. Someone's on a rant, and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Skip does it. Yep. Skip does it. Yep. All the time. Uh-huh. Number two. It's not like those locker rooms, though. Those locker rooms. Uh huh. Yep. Yes, sir.
Those are good ones. <laughs> uh, do we admire Chris Olave for trying to do the, do you know who I am when he got pulled over for speeding? It's pretty good because, so for those who haven't seen it, the arrest video is out for Chris Olave. He is, he goes, uh, what is it, 75 and a 30, I think is what he got caught for. He asked the officer if he's getting arrested. And the officer's like, yeah, you were going 75 and a 30, dude. To which he responds with, oh, man, my bad. And he's quiet for a second because you know. He's like, you, you got to try it. Hey, look, you got to try everything, man. No matter. I always, tell, I always tell Isabel, in a fight or flight situation, even if you got a 3% chance and that's your best, your best chance, you got to take it. And that's what Chris Olave did. So he threw out the, my bad, man. I play for the Saints. To which the, to which the officer responded, and it was awesome. Now, if I'm Chris Olave, me and that officer have a problem. <laughs> and okay, it would have been better if the officer responded with, "And you're not Drew Brees, right? I would have let him go. <laughs> I did let him go. Right? Come on, I got a real serious look. Have you? You've been pulled over, right? Yes. Have you gotten a speeding ticket? Yep. Okay. Oh no, no. This I, here's a true story. I was speeding. This is when I lived in Pahrump, and I there was a Josh Jacobs autograph signing at uh, down in the Valley Auto Mall, and I'm flying. I'm zooming. Yep. Don't do this. But I I get pulled over, and I was like, hey, you know, and I had on like my, my Raiders polo, and I'm like, yeah, Josh Jacobs. I'm going to the Josh Jacobs autograph signing. Let me go. It worked. It does work. I didn't oh, say, I mean, do you know who I am? I said, do you know who I work for, buddy? Do I tell? I think I've told this story before. I've gotten out of a speeding ticket because of who I am. Got pulled over doing 100 on the way in from California on the 15. Pulled me over, asked for the information, my ID, came back, said, do me a favor, talk a little bit more about the Boston Celtics next time. And he let me go. National, man. National. It's what we do here. Um, I have, I had early in my life, I had no success in working out of tickets, so I just gave up. So I just kind of go robotic and just accept it. So I don't oh. know where I am on speeding tickets for my life. I know I've been, I think I've been pulled over like 26 times uh, in my life. I'm old. I've been um, pulled over a lot. But I, I have, I've had almost no success. Um, but I, I don't try anymore. So oh. I got pulled over. About eight years ago, and Adam Hill was actually we were coming back from LA for from covering something, and the CHP officer was you know because they, they'll they're gonna probe a little bit, and uh, he's like I clocked you doing I think it was like eighty seven and a seventy five, and uh, what wow, and he throws he, it might he, I think I was doing like ninety one he's okay. like I knocked it down, uh, but he said he's like are you in a hurry, and without hesitation I'm like yeah I am, <laughs> and Adam's sitting next to me he's like why would you do that I'm like I'm I'm honest. Yes, I, I, I'm actually in a hurry. I want to get home. And he's like, here you go. Take it. So the I'm being a jerk. No, of course. You guys tell honest. the truth. Yeah, tell the truth. You might probably get off with you. Hey, all right, cool. He was an honest. Now, you followed it up with, yes, I'm in a hurry. The body in the back is starting to stink. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't do a, that. That's a problem. Um, it, you know, the word Isabel is the word. So I'm, I'm running hot. I haven't pulled over very often. I've gotten out of the last three. The last, one of the last times I got pulled over was I, you know, California rolled through the stop sign, right? One night, you know, where you, you don't stop all the way. You yeah. kind of just have breaks and you go. So I got pulled over by a cop that was sitting at the intersection. And so the guy, I'm with Isabel. So the guy comes over as you usually do the passenger side. Immediately, she goes, I tell him all the time not to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? All the, now I'm definitely getting a ticket. Oh. Uh. 
because you're 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 essentially admitting to the crime that I do this every time at the stoplight. Don't be that kind of wife. Luckily, I don't know if he liked her or what. Yeah, no. <laughs> but the exchange ended with, "You keep on him and don't let him do it again. No ticket." I'm sure he, I'm sure he thought to himself, he's like, "My wife has done that to me too." So <laughs> sorry, fella. Feel bad for him. Almost immediately. Here you go. No ticket. I know I can't. Now I, I thought we had a partner in crime. That was the whole point of having a wife. Nope. Not so much. She's going to rat me out. Number one. This really is a theme we could stay on. So I might just stay on it here for a minute. Uh, coming up, Stanford Route is going to join us. We've got more entries in the AOC or Brian Hoyer derby. If Jimmy G can't play in the situation last <laughs> week. There was no derby. I do want to mention, and I think uh, Adam Hill was in the car for this one as well. Um, I did have one time, and I appreciate Metro being nice to me. I did have one time at uh, Flamingo and Trop. Those run parallel. You're right. Why did I say that? Yo, just keep going. Keep going. Facts no, no, don't no, matter. No, no, come no, come no, on. Hold on. <laughs> Rainbow. Listen a minute. Rainbow and Flamingo. Listen a minute. Rainbow and Flamingo. Thank you for correcting me. Rainbow and Flamingo. I don't know what I did, but we pulled over to the right. The officer took my license and came back, and he's like, I like the show. Ha, <laughs> yeah. So. Other times, they have not cared. They don't know who the hell I am, so it paid off one time. Thank you. We deserve it. Was that a bad We don't deserve it. <laughs> don't break laws. Drive safely. The and, like I, like I said, buddy, you're lucky you were in that badge because you're not going to and me. <laughs> it's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Routes on Cofield and Company. All right, we got Thursday night football coming up in 40 minutes. Bills and Buccaneers, Stanford route. NFL insider, former Oakland Raider, uh, working with the Houston Cougs, is up with Cofield and JVT. How are you, sir? Pretty good, pretty good, man. How are you guys? We're good. That is the end of the niceties. We have to get to the Bears game. <laughs> we have to get to the Bears game right out of the gates here. As a former defensive player, as you're watching that game, and I'm sorry, I never question effort because I know what you guys do is incredibly tough. Some of the tackling by the Raiders, or at least attempted tackling against the Bears, that just cannot happen in the NFL. I mean, they were bouncing off Deontay Foreman like bowling ball pins, uh, you know, for crying out loud. So uh, that was definitely something that uh, you didn't want to see happen. But I would be lying if I said there was something I was completely surprised by because we all. Wow, Josh McDaniels made the call. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> We've had that happen a couple times. Get him off the air. Yeah, I think we had we had Bill Foley call in, or maybe uh, maybe it was MD the other day. I'm back on. There, oh, he, is. there okay. he is. Keep going. Hey, keep going. Sorry about that, fellas. Uh, but we all know that uh, the, the Raiders don't exactly travel well, especially when they're going two time zones over to the Central Time Zone or the East Coast, for that matter. So it was obviously something that uh, the, it was very ugly, a very ugly loss, losing to a Division two quarterback, making his first career start. Never uh, being able to, never playing in the NFL until right then and there as a rookie. So it's one of those losses that you just hope that you just can't wait to get to the next game. And that way you can get that bad taste out of your mouth. But definitely on the defensive side of the ball, it left a lot to be desired with that performance. Is a coach, I don't know, by your take and your experience, is a coach supposed to go into the locker room early in the week and go at, say, like Marcus Peters and just start screaming at him? Or is that not the approach when you're dealing with, 
you know, like a 32-year-old cornerback who's been playing forever? Like, what, what works to get him to be a little more dedicated to tackling? Well, I think that it just comes down to just how you communicate. You know, once you get to a certain uh, a certain point in this league, you are what you are. That's number one. Number two, that the coach already knows that you know you didn't play well. Like, Marcus Peters is not stupid. He ain't been playing in this league for all this amount of time by being a dummy. So he knows that he didn't play well. He knows he needs to tackle better. He knows he needs to play better along with everybody else on the defensive side of the ball and especially the secondary. So it just really just comes down to communication, dedication, and just simply playing hard for your teammates and your brothers out there. Give me your thoughts on Hoyer getting the start and the way he played. I mean, you look at Jalen Johnson getting two INTs, one of the house, uh, both of them late in the game. Uh, that was something that obviously you can't have happen. I remember saying that even on my podcast going into last week, I would have gone with a young guy just because you know what Brian Horry is. He's been more of a journeyman, a game manager type. So you know what you're getting with him. Let's go ahead and see what the young guy has. Obviously, they went with the older guy because that's who Josh McDaniels is more comfortable with, and I understand that, but definitely was not a great outing by him. You look at the Chicago Bears, they're by no means playing at the same level that the Cleveland Browns are playing at. So Definitely a disappointing performance, and you just got to take care of the ball uh, going forward. If he's if he winds up uh, uh, being back in the being back in the fold, who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy G? So it definitely, I can see why Devontae Adams is as frustrated as he is right now, as he's mentioned uh, several times whenever he's been interviewed. So for what it's worth, Jimmy G did return to practice today, so we'll see if that's going to be him starting or what. Crazier things have happened, but I wanted to. Like Stanford, what I can't like wrap my head around here with the decision making when it comes to the quarterbacks and whatnot, we saw Aiden O'Connell play against the Chargers. He had a goal line possession to potentially win them the game. He wasn't terrible. Why like why change tact? What, what are you laughing at, Steve? Why are you laughing? Keep going. <laughs> no, because there's another part of the show that they, I and I'm part of it that I thought he was terrible. Well, no, but I'm just saying, I, I'll say this. What in your career, in the time that Brian Horry has been a quarterback in the National Football League, would make you go, that's automatically our choice over what we watched against the Chargers? Are you, you're asking me? Or just or Stanford. I'll ask Stanford yeah. first, and then I'll ask you. Yeah. Go ahead, Stanford. Well, I think th- I think that uh, I, I, I mean I definitely I definitely see exactly where you're going with it. I think for Josh McDaniels, we all know that in this world, in any industry, when you're a, a decision maker, when you're an executive, oftentimes you're going to go with who? the person you feel the most comfortable with. Well, Josh McDaniels has been knowing for Brian Hoyer for how long he feels comfortable with Brian Hoyer. He has to get used to Aiden O'Connell. I'm right there with you. He didn't look bad against the Los Angeles Chargers, but Josh McDaniels isn't comfortable with him, and he'd much rather go with somebody who knows the verbiage, knows the lingo, knows exactly the way that Josh McDaniels wants to run his offense. So that's why he went and gave Brian Horry the nod. I'm going to answer after the spot because we have limited time. Stanford Routes with us. Uh, Why has Josh McDaniels not been comfortable with Hunter Renfro uh, pretty much the entire time? That question is probably better suited for somebody else. I don't know why he's not comfortable with uh, with, with uh, Renfro just because you look at the New England Patriots and their history over the last 15, 20 years, 
they've lived a lot off of the play from the slot receiver, going from Troy Brown to Wes Welker to Julian Edelman and all those guys in between, the Danny Danny Amendola's of the world. So it really makes me wonder exactly what's the disconnect right there because it clearly isn't that Josh McDaniels doesn't believe in the level or the efficacy of a slot receiver so maybe they just have a difference in philosophy i'm not sure maybe he's in josh mcdaniel's doghouse i don't know but it definitely is something that makes you wonder just because you see how effective he was two years ago with john gruden and rich basaccia as being the um the, the interim head coach and now it seems like he's just kind of like the forgotten character and it just makes you wonder what's really going on behind closed doors so your guess is as good as mine on that one, Steve. Yeah, I mean, if it's that, if it's like a doghouse thing, Stanford, I would. That's unacceptable, right? You know, because you use. I'll bring it back to what you're talking about in terms of being comfortable. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're a decision maker of this level, you've got to be uncomfortable at times, right? You've got to be able to work in situations that make you uncomfortable. I hate Steve Cofield, but I come in here and I do the show every day because it is it is something professionals do. And if you're actively making your team worse because you don't like a guy, that's unacceptable. Yeah. I agree completely. But at the end of the day, whether you're the head coach, whether you're the owner, whether you're the GM, we all as, as members of the NFL, we're all what? Humans. And mm. as a human being, it is oftentimes very difficult to look at something without putting your personal feelings in it. And I'm not trying to absolve Josh McDaniels of anything. Trust me, like he's doing a horrible job as the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders right now. I'm just simply providing some context that that's not the first time you've seen a good player seem like he just kind of has fallen out of favor within a certain head coach. I mean, we look a couple of years ago, Deshaun Jackson signs with the Los Angeles Rams. It just seems like him and him and Sean McVay never got on the same page. Who knows? So it's not something that is uh, is completely far fetched. It's not something that's that's ultimately rare or something like that. That sort of thing does happen on teams a lot more than people realize. You talked about players and people having emotions. If I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm just frustrated with how the run game has not been able to get going the entire season. What do you think the problem is there? Oh, uh, for one, you got to get a better offensive line. <laughs> and I think that uh, when you look at the totality, ask yourself this. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously somebody that's played in this league for a long time, has won a lot of games. But Jimmy G, never somebody that you've thought of that you can go ahead and lean on and throw the ball 50 times a game and still be able to come, come out successful. Okay, well, now let's go to Brian Hoyer, more of a game manager. Aiden O'Connell's a young guy. He's a rookie. So if you're playing against the Las Vegas Raiders, you're not using Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Devonta Adams is still top three receiver in the in the league, and that's if you dislike him as a player. So you don't feel like you have to always be back in cover two. Bring that safety out of the box and put him now on the roof to make sure that you're able to defend the Raiders' exquisite high-octane pass game. You don't feel like that. You can bring that safety now down in the box. So to me, when you ask that question, A, the offensive line has to play better. But if the passing game is able to get to a higher level, a higher clip, higher octane, more prolific plays, more exotic plays, then that's going to open up more room for the run game and have teams not being able to just sit on the run and go ahead and try to stack the box to force the Raiders to beat them through the air. 
Stanford, this entire spot, it's just been Josh McDaniels is a bad coach. Have you seen the videos where people are just constantly accosting Mark Davis when he's out in public? Do you think that that's going to speed up this inevitable firing? Uh, it very well could maybe speed up the inevitable firing. Who knows? But I have not seen the video or anything like that, but I can imagine. I know how Raider Nation is, and I know how strong and passionate they are. So I can already go ahead and imagine exactly what they're saying to Mark Davis. But uh, I do know that at the end of the day, we're all humans. So right now, right. if you own a company and you're listening to the consumer and the consumer is routinely unhappy with the product that you're trying to sell them, if it starts to affect your bottom line, then you finally get to the point where, you know what, I need to make a change because at the end of the day, the only day of the week that this is not a business is on Sundays. Stanford, awesome as always. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the game this weekend. All right, you guys be good, man. Be safe. There he is, Stanford Route. One of the hosts of uh, Believe in Raiders podcast, also has his own podcast with uh, All Facts No Cap. Let me ask you a question. Hmm. Because I do want to build on the whole fan thing with MD and how it maybe it's going to... Inevitable. Yeah, we heard inevitable firing multiple times. Um, according to PFF, the Raiders, of their top seven players, five are offensive linemen. <laughs> it's going well. So why can't they run the ball? I mean, Stanford just called out the offensive line and said they need to be better. They're By the numbers, they've been good. I mean, I would ask, are those numbers skewed by their pass blocking as opposed to their run blocking? We could break it down, yeah, because uh, no, we'll, we'll do it during the break. I was, I was just say, looking at Col looking Colton, Miller's, Colton Miller's yeah, – I'm looking at overall grade, offensive grade, but uh, and Thayer Munford hasn't, hasn't played as much as the other guys. But, uh, you know, a, a grade in the uh, high 60s, low 70s is more than solid. Colton Miller's their best offensive player. Wait, their highest graded players, and that's their grades? Uh, seasons go. No, their high, their highest graded guy is Colton Miller at yeah. an eighty three. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm saying five of their seven best players are offensive linemen. You're right. It's the other offensive players are not grading very well right now through seven games. Do you guys think the fact that and did you see the sign that the guy was holding up at the Aces game? Not the Aces game. The Aces parade with the just fire Josh sign. No, JFJ. Oh, uh, you didn't see uh, Vegas Ralph was out there. And then Man, we got to get better names. Mark Davis engaged with him and was basically like, I heard you. Okay, let's be nice. Ooh, Mark's but feeling the heat. He's, he's engaged with multiple fans who right. were saying, fire Josh McDaniels. Do you think he's like, is he even killed enough to not let that affect him? Uh, clearly, or, or, or here's the thing maybe it should affect him. Oh, I mean, it I'm should. I'm not saying, saying you have to listen to every crazy fan, and I don't even know this Ralph guy if he's being crazy. Vegas Ralph. Yeah, I was trying not to say it again. So you just you said we need better names. <laughs> so I was just going to go with Ralph. It should it should make him feel a certain way. I mean, I would assume just watching the product on the field makes him feel a certain way. And I think we're all there at times. I mean, you know, we all live a life in a somewhat public view. So every once in a while, does a mean tweet get you and get under your skin at the right time? Sure. But he's got it a little bit worse because he's – actually, a lot worse – because he's in stadiums with hundreds of thousands of people who are walking by and go – and what's weird, too, is it's not even like – it's not even like they're really criticizing Mark. They're just like, get rid of this guy. And he's, and he's getting mad, I guess, because he's the one that made the hire. So you take it personal that your job – you know, the guy that you offer the job to is not working out, but – I'm just glad that Jim Irsay did whatever he did in the bathroom.
Thank God he's not head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. God, that's such a that's such a deep story. Um, why McDaniel's backed out because of a a bathroom issue with Jim Irsay. Uh, question for you: I'm flying. You never answered uh, my question, by the way. What about Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer? Oh, Josh McDaniel sees Aiden O'Connell and Hoyer every day, and part of it is what's part of it is what Stanford said. He's more comfortable. Aiden O'Connell got sacked six times, and five point two five were due to him. Sure. And he fumbled twice. I just don't think he's ready. And they're, they're, this isn't about developing because if, if Aiden O'Connell plays and doesn't play well, they're not going to be here. So I don't know that Josh McDaniels is like, hey, let me do the best thing for the organization. The best thing for him is to win. And if he believes Brian Hoyer is the best option for him to win, he's going to play Brian Hoyer. So uh, correct me because I don't remember. Hoyer was hurt the game that O'Connell started? <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? I mean, because why didn't I don't he start? Know that, I don't know that he was a hundred percent, and because that's John, just my disconnect, John, here's right? It's just if, but if if he, why did he give you the best chance to win this week, but right. not that week? So maybe I am wrong. I'm willingly admitting. Maybe well, I missed a report in which Hoyer was hurt. I mean, you're the Raiders super fan and insider, Vegas Demond. What do you say? I think that after what they saw from him during the Chargers game, they decided. I think we got a better shot with Hoyer. Okay, so then you don't know how to evaluate your quarterbacks. Yeah, that's not fair either, because. But why? I, I know For you. Three I know, weeks ago, I know you, you guys, thought he was the better option. I know a lot of people don't believe this. In a race that is close, I really believe that coaches will go on practice that week. I mean, we just had an example this the last four weeks where UNLV is trying to get answers at cornerback, and Ricky Johnson was out. He's out. He's out of the mix. And then last week against the best passing team they've played so far, he takes fifty six snaps a season high. He. Practiced well that week, and he showed them stuff that I guess satisfied their worries about him. Some you, sometimes it is mysterious as to why that week they saw something and someone truly practiced better than the other guy. Okay, that's fair. Then don't get smart with the media and tell them, guys, it's not the preseason anymore. Yeah. What? Well, I wasn't there. I don't know if anyone tried to follow up and and ask that question. Well. How come it wasn't the preseason Correct. under consideration when you started him? That, that should be the immediate follow-up. Yeah. Then then why did you start him the first time? Well, someone left the door open by saying he looked really good in preseason. But then you got to follow up. Right. So that's just like that, – that is ultimately my biggest gripe here. It's just the inconsistency. Like that. that's it. All right. I got it. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Don't step on me. Just kidding. Justin. Wow. And Matt, I want you to do it all the time, especially, especially during promotional reads. Give him a call anywhere in the state of Nevada. 766-1400. Dial 775 in the north. Up next, leans and likes, college football, NFL, Brad Powers. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, let's bring in Brad Powers, JVT, Cofield, DeMond, Brad What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's happening, guys? A whole lot. A whole lot. Uh, first of all, you got a lean or a like on the uh, now very big number at 10, 9.5 with the uh, Bucks on the road against the Bills. Uh, no, I can't play now. I mean, it's mainly 10 everywhere now except maybe one or two spots, so it's just uh, too much for me to get involved right now. All right. Uh, I want to get an impression from last week before we look at this week's college football slate. Did you upgrade, uh, downgrade? What did you get out of the Ohio State-Penn State game? Um, you know what, I, I upgraded Ohio State slightly, not, nothing major, but, I mean, they controlled matters. Uh, 
know, I thought it was impressive, especially considering they played without Travion Henderson, Burke, uh, their top cornerback, and then their second-best wide receiver in Egbuka. So I, I, you have to upgrade Ohio State in that regard. you got to downgrade Penn State. I mean, that was their first major test, and uh, the young quarterback obviously didn't pass the test. So, uh, yeah, I, I upgrade the, the Buckeyes. Uh, they're number three now in my power ranks behind Georgia and Michigan. And uh, Penn State's still a top-10 team, but uh, we'll see when they play Michigan here uh, next week. Yeah, having said that, we're, we're laying the wood with Penn State, right, because James Franklin's going to want to cover so he can feel a lot better about be- beating up on the <laughs> lessers. Yes, I did play Penn State this week <laughs> against Indiana. I like uh, the favorite and over there. He'll try to get margin. Amazing stuff. Brad Powers with us. Okay. At Brad Powers 7. Brad Powers Sports, uh, dot com. Now, the other thing I was, I was just uh, looking at as we had a pause there, I was going back to last week, and I don't know how much you know you can allow in uh, in terms of patience with your bets. And you know, you, at the end of the season, you look at it and go, "Ah, you know what? There is some um, some variables with officiating." I I don't think I've ever heard of uh, in that Pitt Wake Forest game the quarterback slide play where the the quarterback went into a slide too early. Did you get a wind of that? Because I know a lot of people got crushed on that. Uh yeah, I mean, it's been a, a relatively new rule that they've been trying to enforce here the last couple of years, so I've seen it called in a lot of games, uh, just never in a game where it came down to, right. you know, that spot being the, the difference between a win and a loss. And I actually thought, mm, <laughs> I thought, I'm not sure that it was a great one because I, I have seen quarterbacks give up themselves way early. That one I thought he gave started to get, he, he was a yard, obviously, uh, beyond the sticks uh, when he, you know, that too. his knee hit yes. the turf, but yes. I thought he gave himself up. Right at the sticks. So I thought that was a bad spot. Uh, unbelievable. I, I think you're going to start, I mean, believe it or not, I think the third team quarterbacks diving head first. Huh. He'd love to avoid the head injury, but uh, the, the, the slides is not working right now. Hey, before we get to all the games, uh, we got to mention uh, one, UNLV 6-1, and one, uh, doing unbelievably against the spread and bowl eligible at this point in the season, certainly exceeding expectations. And then some. I mean, they're exceeding expectations as much as any team in the entire country. I mean, they're already flirting with the uh, the win total. I mean, some circles that they've already passed it. I think yep. it was anywhere between five and a half and six and a half. I took under six and a half, so I'm dead in the water there. Uh, great job, I, individual game in game out basis, not only in the scoreboard but 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 in the sports books. I I don't know how you couldn't be impressed on and off the field recruiting. I think they have the second best group of five recruiting class. Uh, coming in right now into the December signing class. I mean, you love the two young coordinators. Everything about the program is is in in as good of a shape as it's been in recent history. So uh, we'll see, though. They're going to get tested this week, obviously, on the road uh, against the Fresno team, fresh off a bye. We'll see if Mikey Keene plays. He's been splitting reps this week. Actually, believe it or not, lean on the Fresno side this week. Well, I I believe it. I mean, this is – a recipe for a letdown spot. You know, you uh, you make a bowl game, and as much as coaches tell kids, "Hey, you know what? The next goal is up." Uh, and and also, Fresno is a very tough matchup. Um, boy, the other school in Nevada—they finally get their win up north. But my my bigger concern at the last week's game was, what has happened to San Diego State? Yeah, somebody asked me a team to sell down the stretch. They don't play this week, but I, I could see a scenario where they don't win another game with the rest of the San Diego State schedule. So uh, they, they got three wins, I think, right now. I mean, I, they're not going to a bowl game. Yep. Uh, and then three and nine is a lot more reasonable than, than you know, five wins, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to fire Brady Hope, to be honest with you. So uh, they played a tough early schedule. But, I mean, that was as unacceptable as a loss 
not only because they were a double-digit favorite, but to get shut out by a Nevada team that's been any metric, any power rating, bottom five in the country this year, and to get shut out by them, I mean, that is just, it's inexcusable. I'm surprised uh, some changes weren't made during the, uh, this week's bye. So along those lines, is this kind of around the time of the season where you start to look for teams that are kind of, all right, let's, let's kind of wrap this thing up. Like, we're going to get out of here. Like, we're done. Writing's on the wall. Season's not going the way we planned it. Like, I thought San Diego State would be up there. Maybe Michigan State, Arkansas probably on the verge of that. Like, are there some teams like that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, we'll see. Michigan State, you would think after you thought they'd give a good effort against Michigan, they'd give you 49 nothing. I think – the writing could have been on the wall when they blew the big lead against Rutgers uh, the week prior. So, I mean, I'm not running the window to fade, you know, late points with Minnesota's offense, but uh, the market did tick up on that game today from seven to seven and a half on Minnesota against Michigan State. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, I'll give you one. USC's a team to watch yeah. this week. Uh, that would be the one because we still got Oregon. We still got Washington. We still got UCLA left. If they don't turn it around this week against Cal, it could get real ugly there uh, in Los Angeles. All right, banging out some games. Louisville, four and a half against uh, Duke. Obviously, it all comes down to the health status of uh, Riley Leonard. I think, as we see, as the week is progressing, probably more likely that he doesn't play. Uh, this line's going to continue to go up if that's the case. Louisville off the bye. Give me Louisville. Oklahoma, Kansas. At home, the Jayhawks are getting nine and a half. Yeah, the spot says Kansas, but, I mean, the market says Kansas, too. It came off a of 10. My power ranks say Oklahoma. I think they'll be refocused after a close win last week against UCF. Uh, give me the Sooners. And we should mention the number on that Penn State game against Indiana. It's 32. Did you have a side? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I, I did bet uh, you Penn did say State that. that game. I prefer the over, uh, but, uh, yeah, Penn State in the over there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll rebound this week, but uh, they got Michigan in, <laughs> in two weeks, and that'll be a different story. Going down the board – uh, a couple of Mountain West spots. Air Force, 13-and-a-half at Colorado State. Yeah, a lot of money coming in on Air Force. In fact, a lot of it's almost painted entirely 14 now. Oof, that's that's a lot uh, on the road in a, in a game that's kind of a rivalry that people don't understand. So I, at 14, I actually lean with the home dog here at Colorado State. Two good running teams, and Boise's still kind of up in the air on which quarterback they really trust. Uh, Boise State is five against Wyoming. You know, I didn't bet the side. Five is about right, even though it's a dead number spot. I mean, what's the frame of mind of Boise State after blowing the 20-point lead to Colorado State prior to the bye? We're going to find out a lot about them and what the coaching staff and the players and the roster are made up down the stretch. Five is good for me, pass. Brad Power 7 up on Twitter, bradpowersports.com. North Carolina, what do you do with them on the road against Georgia Tech? You know, and I'm not sure. I just watched that game. Uh, usually when a 24-point underdog beats you outright, a lot of fluky stuff that happened, turnovers and whatnot. Maybe quarterback gets hurt. I'm here to tell you, Virginia, uh, you know, turned the football over twice in the end zone. So, I mean, Virginia probably should have won the game by two touchdowns. So, uh, man, I, I don't know how North Carolina rebounds after that, after getting that bubble burst. So, I'm going to lean Georgia Tech. Quick follow-up since you just watched it. I thought Drake may actually played well, but he was let down by some of his receivers and some of the metrics would paint that picture too. Did you see it? Yeah, I mean, I'll go so far. Drake May would be the number one. If I was uh, GM at the NFL, he would be my number one pick, not Caleb Williams. Why? Uh, I don't think Caleb Williams' games uh, transcends necessarily the NFL. I mean, everybody uses the Mahomes. Uh, well, what helps Patrick Mahomes is he has, uh, you know, Andy Reid. Uh, you know, if Williams goes to a guy like that, then sure, that'll be fine. But 
Uh, very sloppy mechanics. Hasn't handled the spotlight as well as what he did a year ago. I just don't see it. And it wasn't just the last two weeks. It was actually prior to that that they started showing up. Uh, DeMond and I have a win total bet for the season on Colorado. He got jazzed up after week one. Uh, he pushed it to seven from three and a half. That wasn't good. So I took the value on that one. All right, well, the Buffs have to start winning games to get to seven and get bowl eligible at six. 17 they're getting against UCLA. Uh, I, I like UCLA here. Uh, we'll see. I think we're going to be able to, to delay some 16 and a half. They'll show uh, almost across the board because everybody's still loving prime and coming off the bye. I think this is a really bad matchup for them. I think UCLA's defense really gets after them. UCLA is one of the best pass rushing teams in the country. Colorado doesn't protect their quarterback, so that, that's not a good recipe. What also isn't is UCLA finally made the hard decision, bench Dante Moore, um, and I think that'll be a positive. I, I, again, I questioned this uh, a week or two ago and, and was wondering if Dante Moore is the best quarterback on the roster. Finally, they, they said, no, he isn't. He's hurting us instead of helping us. So uh, UCLA is a little undervalued as far as I'm concerned. I'll take the Bruins. And I'll tell you another thing. I don't think Colorado wins another game. I think they're going to sit here at 4-8. and eight. Oh, boy, that would be brutal. For Brad, I'll total. make a bet with you right now. <laughs> they're going to be an underdog in every game. I mean, where's yeah. the win on that schedule? I don't think Watch DeMond knows the Arizona. schedule. Those are two good teams. <laughs> I think they're going to beat Arizona. Brad, if DeMond says I'll make a bet with you, you don't even need the terms. Just go, yeah. <laughs> but also, he's, he's on the wrong right. side of so many bets also, on the Also, real quick, DeMond, I don't think you know how well Arizona's been playing this year. <laughs> Here we go. Told you. Hey, really? Anything? Nothing? Nope. All right. Well, actually, I believe is, that is a good lead into my I question. Believe. Speaking of Arizona, I do think this is a sell high spot. I'm in on Oregon State. Yeah, I agree with you uh, on this one. Minus three now across the board, Oregon State for me. Uh, probably a VIP type uh, caliber pick. As far as I'm concerned. Wow. All right. Von Tobel. Uh, I was trying to think of a, an acronym with Von Tobel instead of very important play. So never mind. The, uh, the cocktail party, Georgia and Florida. Do I take the Gators plus 14 and a half? I would lean that way. I just I got to see this Georgia offense without Bowers. He's that important. I mean, I had never have downgraded a team a point and a half for losing a tight end, but I did in Georgia's case. So uh, I, I think Florida's going to slow the tempo down big time. Uh, lean Florida, but man, I, I didn't even bet it yet. What happened last week with Washington? Is this a bounce back against Stanford? I, you know, it was really bad. I mean, again, uh, when you got a big favorite, almost loses outright. What was it? Turnovers? Yeah, they they had a few turnovers, but. Arizona State has made just as many mistakes. And the key turnover is actually the 90-yard pick six that Washington got. Yeah. I'm not running. You know, I think they'll be more buttoned up this week, but I didn't run to the window to lay it with Washington, especially with a couple big games still on deck for them, including USC next week. I know the last thing uh, anyone should be doing is judge the book uh, by its cover. And what I mean is when players have measurables in college football, you shouldn't go gaga. But I got to tell you, the video I saw of Malik Murphy walking onto the practice field for Texas, like someone said, he looks like he's basically taken from a video game. Can he be good right away? Can Texas just freaking rip BYU? I think they can. I, it's, it's a combination. I watched him in the spring game, and I actually thought he was the best quarterback on the roster just from that one single data point. Uh, and then I also think BYU is a complete fraud. I mean, this third straight game, BYU is playing a backup quarterback, so – uh, I'm looking to fade BYU not only this week, but several weeks coming up. Last one, just because it's the uh, the end of the night, and uh, if it's on TV, we can usually find it somewhere. But Suns, Suns, Lakers? No, no. Oh, Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii, and San Jose State. San Jose is favored by eleven. I'm part of the. There's been one way money train on San Jose State this week. I am a part of that, but numbers matter. We're not laying ten and a half when it was as low as eight early in the week. 
Uh, what we will do now is go over 58 and a half. All right. Brad, thank you. Have a winning weekend. We'll talk to you. All right. See there you is Brad Powers at Brad Power 7, BradPowerSports.com. Demond, do you know that Arizona pushed USC to triple overtime? Same record, man. <laughs> Come on. You're in trouble. You're leaking oil really badly here. Don't don't double down. Just don't chase. That's the lesson for all of us when we gamble. Don't chase.